0: To the Cold Brew Podcast. It is April 13th, and the home opener is finally upon us. I'm Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll, and we are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. Sure to follow us. I'm on Twitter, I'm at DGasper24. Matt is at mkematt 13 And of course, follow the podcast account at Cold underscore pod. And reviewing the brew at reviewing the brew. Except there's no I in in the ing part of reviewing the brew i don't know why that is but just when we took it over that's what it was it it still confuses me
1: yeah i don't know if who signed up for it just like typoed and then didn't just went too fast or right or it was taken but reviewing the brew maybe there's coffee brewing twitter out there i mean after (laughs) all there was there used to be a cold brew podcast. Uh, I don't think it's going anymore, but if you used to look it up when we started, there was a coffee one out there because you know people mm. people got to review their coffees.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, got to got to get those good cold brews and and review them. From I remember, uh, guy, who was it? Uh, Logan Morrison. That when Logan oh, Morrison was yeah. here in town, Sip he had his coffee it. review reviewing a cold brew. Sip it and rip it. Wait, ship Man. it. I, I I can't do the whistle thing they did. Oh, he, he, he did like a sh- ship it, ship it and rip it, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even trying. Yeah, it's that's probably horrible audio, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's only like the entirety of what a podcast is. Uh, anyways, true. so it is the cold brew podcast. Uh, we are here talking brewers, baseball, not coffee. Um, and there is certainly a lot to discuss over what's happened this past week. But one thing we also want to make sure that we announce here is, Um, In the early going of this podcast is that next week, Mm -hmm. Matt and I are going to be down in Nashville, Tennessee, watching the Nashville Sounds uh, play some ball this this uh, upcoming weekend here. And that is going to be a whole lot of fun, Matt. We're going to be able to be up there in the press box, you know, maybe maybe hopefully get a chance to talk to some players um, and just maybe we can get Luke Barker on Mm -hmm. uh, for you. Maybe we can maybe we can talk to Mario Feliciano
1: Maybe, perhaps. I mean, that. perhaps we if we're really lucky, maybe Bryce Terang will have a minute or two.
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe. So whole number of, uh, opportunities that, that could happen there. So next week it is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we're going to be trying to, uh, get that set up, uh, down there in Nashville, but you boys will be down there. We're going to be live tweeting. We're going to be, uh, covering games down there in Nashville. It's going to be a lot of fun. Man, I'm super excited for it. it it's going to be a great weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've never been to Nashville before, so just generally excited even for that. But um, the stadium looks beautiful. It's a fun team down there. Um, gracious hosts, uh, even inviting us to even come. So, um, yeah, let's have some fun with it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a great time. You know, Nashville sounds really helpful, uh, really great, in getting us all uh, set up, inviting us down there. Uh, really gracious and uh, thankful for them for doing that. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. I'm I'm really excited and and looking forward to it. And I'm also looking forward to the few days before uh, earlier in that week when I'm gonna be down in Florida. Uh, okay. So that that is gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be warmth and sunshine and beaches and oh man, I'm pumped for it.
1: I. Yeah, no, I will be here uh, working all the way up until that last day. Uh, yeah. And then t- doing the drive about eight and a half hours from here, uh, drive it with my wife, Liz, and the dog. And, Ooh. Oh, you're yeah. bringing the dog. Let's go. Bringing the dog. Yep, exactly. Oh, yeah, you can meet the that tiny little 15 pounds adorable thing. <laughs> Probably not at the game, but, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be flying, going to be coming in um, southwest, you know. Southwest gang coming in, but, uh, (laughs) that's going to be, that's going to be fun. One thing I didn't know until I saw, uh, you know, the tickets come through, it's like, you know, you buy the tickets, you know, they send you like email confirmation or something in there. I saw the breakdown of of the charges there on the, on the ticket prices. And there was a $5 charge called the nine 11 security fee. Oh, so, so because of nine 11, Twenty years ago, I now have to pay an extra five dollars per flight. Is essentially uh, what I'm getting getting out of this.
1: I I wonder what like what does that fee go towards? Like what, like, like what I is don't it know. Actually, even paying for. I mean, uh, like, I mean, like does it pay for
0: enhanced TSA stuff? Does right. like does it go towards the like like I don't know. I mean that was like the first like major event of my life. That I very vaguely remember because I was I was only like four <laughs> at the
1: time. Shut! Oh my god! I was in college, okay? Oh my god! <laughs> now I'm oh. I'm making you feel old now. Again, you do, you do that like every couple months or so about something. <laughs> Yikes! No, nope, I was yeah I was a freshman at UW, um, and I was walking back from class. It happened pretty early in the morning. I was walking back from class, stopped yeah. by the student union, and. They had a TV going there, um, and everyone was gathered around it and saw what happened, and went back to my dorm to see the rest of it. But yes, at 18 years old. No oh, man. I saw it.
0: So. I was watching Bob the Builder, um, <laughs> and then and then the TV channel changed to the news, and yeah. I'm like, Mom, why did we change the channel? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. this is not where I expected this conversation no. to go. But whatsoever. we have gone off the rails here and we are uh, just over five minutes in. So that's right. great. Uh, refocusing. Yeah. Refocusing. Baseball. Uh, baseball is fun. Uh, that is a saying that Brett Phillips uh, has. Uh, you've seen him with that T-shirt, right? You know, baseball is fun T-shirt. Yeah. And Brett oh, Phillips absolutely. is probably the most fun uh, player in baseball. I am extremely sad that the Brewers ever uh, traded him. Uh, he had his. He was pitching the other day for the Rays, and uh, it was it was magical. I, I'm sure if you haven't seen it, look it up on Twitter. Plenty of videos, plenty of fun stuff there. Um, but back to the Brewers here. Last time we talked, uh, we had just gone through Opening Day against the Cubs, and the Brewers lost, but it was a pretty close game, kind of back and forth, just kind of you know a regular game. It's like yeah, you know, whatever. Like it kind of sucks that they lost, but you know, we'll, you know they'll get it going everything went off the rails immediately oh, yeah. after that, because the next day the Brewers lose in a blowout nine to nothing against the Cubs. Brandon Wood- Woodruff looked horrible. Uh, the offense looked horrible. They couldn't get anything going against Justin Steele um, <laughs> of all people. Um, and, you know, then you lose there. And then it's like, Oh my God. Now we're Oh and two to start the season. And the offense is looking like crap and all this other stuff. And then, you know, you got the next game, you know, Okay, you know, it gets a little bit better. You know, they finally get the win there. It's a little bit close. And, you know, then they play the Orioles and then they lose 2-0 to the Orioles. And everyone lost their mind, dude. Like, the overreactions that I have seen on Twitter, in the comments, uh, in the mentions, has been ridiculous this past week.
1: Yep. Uh, A lot of same old brewers, a lot of um, uh, our pitching staff isn't what it was last year. um, oh my gosh, it, it just every everything you could p- possibly think of, oh my God, how do we lose the Cubs? How do we lose the Orioles? Like people forget that last year in our 95 win season, the Brewers lost a uh, series to a bunch of not good teams. The Royals is the first one that pops into my head for whatever reason. Could not handle them last year. Still won 95 games. Like, these things happen. So, yep, nope, lots of overreactions after four whole games, even though we essentially scored the same amount of runs through four games that we did last year when we started one and three. We scored 11 runs through four games last year, nine runs through four games this year. Neither of that is great. Uh, Gave up 20 runs across four games both years both times. So we started Mm -hmm. off giving up a decent amount of runs in the first four games and everything turned out just fine. Um, I'd actually be interested to look, I I just looked up runs when I was looking up those numbers. I didn't look up hits. Um, It it does feel like the Brewers have been getting on base pretty decently well through uh, Mm -hmm. outside of Saturday's game. Um, They've been getting on base. It's just been, you know, that same old, same old actually driving runners home once they're on the base path so uh two for 22 over the first four games uh with runners in scoring position not great a lot better last night but yeah It, but it's the moral of the story is it was four games like yeah relax
0: relax Roxanne <laughs> uh, and you know keep in mind in a 95 win season you lose sixty-seven games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like th- there's going to be losses mixed in there. There's going to be losses mixed into teams that you shouldn't lose to on paper. But it's baseball. Uh, you know, it doesn't always doesn't always happen the way you expect it to, especially based on paper. Um, so yeah, it, it just it, it's just that it's the start of the season. It's like this is the only sample that we have to work with. Um, so a lot of people are just like, "Oh, this is all we got." You know, you go 0 two to start the year, you're gonna go 0 162. Like it's just mm-hmm. everything's going to be terrible. Like I, th- I don't know. It was uh, it, it's been a, a ridiculous past uh couple of days with that, but uh, things really got heated up um with uh that game on Saturday. I and mean, first you had the rainout uh on Friday. Uh, and then you have Saturday, and it's like, oh, you know, we waited an extra day, and it was immediately bad. Like, immediately bad. Brandon Woodruff couldn't find a thing in the strike zone.
1: Mm-mm.
0: No, mm um,
1: No. And, and that kind of, you know, Corbin Burns uh, in the first game, uh, we didn't even mention that. You know, he starts the game off with a walk, one of the most uncharacteristic things that a guy like Corbin Burns could do. Yeah, um, Shooketh. So, you know, the trend kind of started early. Uh, Woodruff just absolutely could not harness specifically that fastball, which for a guy like Brandon Woodruff, that, that's not good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just he did not have it, didn't have the control. Um, and it bit him early, you know, ends up leading to the Cubs scoring a bunch of runs. Um, the Brewers, of course, um, could like you mentioned, couldn't score. Uh, Couldn't really do much of anything against Justin Steele, of all people. And that game escalated quickly. Well, de-escalated, I guess, for the Brewers. Until it escalated for everyone.
0: Yes. Much escalation. And who is at the center of it all? Wilson Contreras. Because who else? Who else would be at the center of escalation besides Wilson Contreras? So... On Saturday there, Wilson Contreras gets hit with a pitch earlier in the game. It's not intentional. I mean, it was still a somewhat close game. Uh, Runners on. The Brewers were not trying to hit Contreras. But he's upset about it again. Um, And, I mean, he got hit on opening day as well. Um, So, I mean, I get it in that sense. But, like, also, dude, you know they're not trying to hit you. But, you know, gets all upset again. And then a few innings later, Ian Happ gets hit on the knee, like right on the kneecap. Uh, He goes down, he's down for a few minutes, ends up leaving the game. Uh, That was the one the Cubs really seemed to take issue with. Uh, You know, half have been doing well in that series. Uh, But also, it was a 1-2 count, and it was a slider. If you're trying to hit a guy, you're not going to be doing it when you're ahead 1-2, and you're not going to be doing it with a slider. No, but the Cubs got all upset about it. And the very next inning, Andrew McCutcheon comes up and he gets intentionally hit in the ribs slash back area, uh, by Keegan Thompson. And McCutcheon was very upset. Understandably. So he explained it later, um, about how Thompson, he started with the cutter on the outside corner for a strike. It's like, Oh, you know, it seems like you're going to pitch to me. And then he went three straight at the ribs. He missed with the first two, finally hit him on that third try, and McCutcheon was very upset, not about being hit, but about the way Thompson went about it.
1: Yeah, and he had absolutely every right to be. Like, I don't know what on earth, if if you're being instructed to do that, which, by the way, hitting people on purpose is stupid. I yes. I am... Over that, like that needs to be done, g- done away with in baseball. Anyone who gets ejected for hitting uh, after hitting someone needs to ha- come with an automatic suspension, like that, just uncalled for. Like, especially with pitchers being the way that they are these days, like pitchers throw harder than ever before. Like, so to get hit by a pitch now is different than getting hit by a pitch. 10, 20, 30 years ago. I'm sorry. It just is. Um, So I want to just get that out of the way right off the bat. Hitting people on purpose with pitches is stupid. Um, But the way he went about it, like you said, like what on earth possessed him to throw away to start that at bat before hitting McCutcheon or attempting to hit McCutcheon with pitches since he missed those first two? Like, just that is absolutely just unbelievable they did that and so mccutcheon had every right to be angry and then just the the cubs trying to chirp back with you know uh Contreras gets in the middle of it jason hayward sprints in from the outfield chucks his glove like he's ready to throw hands <laughs> um just that it, it, It just ended up, none of it ended up happening, needing to happen. So he gets tossed. Um, Ross ends up getting, I can't, wait. I don't know if Ross got tossed. He got the suspension afterwards. Yeah,
0: he got suspended. I don't think he got tossed.
1: Yeah, okay, I didn't think so. Um, and, And Thompson ends up getting three games, which he appealed, which, good luck with that. Like, I have to imagine, like, I expected him to get a game, so I was happy to see that he had gotten three. And I wonder if it is because of the fact that, you know, the way he went about it, like it wasn't just a, you know, fastball to the booty, you know, soft spot and, you know, everyone walks away um, that he went outside before continually trying to hit McCutcheon. Like he didn't even try to hide it. Like So you can't give him just one game because there's like the possibility that he didn't do it on purpose. It was obvious like you deserve at least those three games. Yeah, it
0: it took him three tries to do it. Maybe that's mm-hmm. where they came up with, with three games. It took you three tries, you get three games. You do yeah. it on one try, you get one game. You know, because, right. uh, like, if it's if it's on the first try, like, on the first pitch, you know, it's like, okay, you could see intentional, but, like, you could also see it's like, oh, maybe that one just got away from him. Uh, but when you do it three straight times and it's all the same pitch doing the same thing, like, it's it's pretty obvious to, to everyone. And and McCutcheon even said, you know, everyone and their mother knew that that was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. and, and knew what was happening there. And, you know, that's where McCutcheon was, you know, upset and letting him know about it. Like, McCutcheon's a super nice, chill, laid-back dude. To get him yeah. that upset, uh, you have to do something incredibly wrong. And, like, mm-hmm. in that whole, uh, you know, the pile where everyone's yelling at each other, you know who else was at the heart of the yelling? Lorenzo Kane. Yep. Another one of the nicest dudes on the team. Like, yeah. to get him riled up like that, I mean, it takes a lot. Yeah. And you know, the, the Brewers were incredibly upset because the the intentionality is is the key thing. You know, you can have Cubs fans going, you know, back and forth, it's like, oh, you hit our guys, you know, so many times, you hit Contreras so many times. None of them have ever been intentional. Right. And Matt, I, I know you've raised this a whole bunch um, you know, on, on Twitter and whatever else about how it's so like, you know, the Brewers have hit the Cubs twenty seven times or whatever yep. since uh, twenty twenty. And it's like the Cubs have also hit the Brewers like twenty six times yeah, in that same time frame. So it's like they're beating each other the same amount of times, but how many of the Brewers have been suspended for it? How many of the Brewers did it intentionally? None. Mm-hmm. How many times have the Cubs done it intentionally? A couple of times now. You got Thompson here. You had Ryan Tapera last year when he threw at Woodruff. I mean, the, the Cubs retaliate. um you know they, they see the unintentional hit by pitch and they respond by intentionally. Hitting the Brewers, but the Brewers never retaliate by intentionally hitting any of the Cubs. It, it's never happened. That's not the way Craig Council operates. No,
1: it's, even when uh, I've seen people on Twitter, you know, post after one of our guy gets hits, uh, hit or someone on the other team acts a little cocky. Uh, oh, next inning, Council should have someone throw at their ribs. Like, no, Council does not play that game. Um, but it's just when the Cubs have done it, they've just been so cowardly about it. Like again, the way that they went after McCutcheon throwing away and then throwing in that may have been Thompson himself who decided to do it that way. Or, you know, I guess I could give the benefit of the doubt that he didn't get the message to do it the first time, but I find that hard to believe. And then Tapera throwing, not only at a pitcher, but throwing behind his legs. It was basically, I remember that pitch. It basically went behind Woodruff's knees. Like, yeah, you kidding me? Just yeah, the way they go about that stuff is just just classless.
0: Yeah, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And really, I I would expect better from David Ross, who yeah. is you know a pretty respected uh, manager, you know respected former player. Um, you know, he was a guy who always kind of went about things the right way, but you know now under his leadership there of, of the Cubs. Things have really just kind of not, you know, they, they they've not been that classy like you would expect from a David Ross led club. Um, so either Ross isn't who what we thought they were, he was, or perhaps the Cubs are just doing it on their own um, mm. and, and not even at at Ross's direction.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean that's entirely possible. Um, like I said, like maybe um, maybe Thompson took it upon himself to do it the way that he did. Um, I don't. I don't know. I I, I, I feel like I remember Tepera essentially saying like it it had to happen. I guess maybe he didn't say he was instructed to do it, Um, but he didn't exactly shy away from, you know, he didn't show. He basically straight up admitted it. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, at least I mean, Thompson was just like, oh, I was just trying to throw inside and, you know, just get away from me or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, like like that's what you'd expect a guy to say. Like, no one believes Mm -hmm. it. But you kind of have to say it because the alternative is admitting, yeah, I intentionally hit him, which is a much bigger problem. You know, you, you can't say the quiet part out loud like that. Like the Reds president did um, was it? Bob Castle Kess- No, not Bob. Tom, Tim. Some other Castellini, uh, one yeah, of the yeah. Red, the Reds president or something's just, you know, it's like, oh, well, like, what do you say to fans who are upset about the team's direction and uh, how poorly you guys are managing? He's like, well, where are they going to go? Who are they going to root for? So team to who? <laughs> You know, so it's all seems someone else. They're
1: just gonna pick it up and move it. So you're stuck with us, man. What a moron! <laughs> yeah. How stupid can you be? And then the it, and then he was asked a, que- a follow up question. I think later that day, um, before their game, uh, it, yeah. just asking about it, and he basically said, oh, "I say a lot of stupid stuff." Was his response. So like <laughs> he didn't. He had a chance to apologize for it, and he didn't. I mean, he finally does the later that night. Yeah, or after,
0: after PR after gets a hold of him, it's like, dude. Yeah. yeah, like we need to fix this, right? Just oh my god, God people. I feel so... I feel bad for Reds fans. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't want the Reds to be to be wildly successful because they're in the division, and if they're wildly successful, it means Brewers likely aren't as much. Um, but they deserve better, man. Reds yeah. like Reds fans are, are good people. They're they're mm-hmm. good baseball fans. Um, you know they they deserve a whole lot more than what they're getting. Uh, over there in Cincinnati, and you know, they are better ownership. Um, I don't know how much I can even blame the front office. You know, I feel like the front office could be better, but also, I mean, if ownership is limiting them on, on payroll and forcing them to cut payroll like that, there's, I mean, I don't care who you got as GM, you could you could put David Sturd's in charge over there, and he wouldn't be able to build anything like that. So, yeah, I feel bad for for Reds fans over there. They're really kind of being held hostage
1: yeah no i agree and and yeah absolutely nothing against uh reds fans any that i've talked to on uh on twitter and social media have been cool honestly most pirates fans are cool too and cardinals fans eh, Eh, 50 50 50 it depends those cubs fans though
0: yeah yeah yikes yikes especially when it comes to a hit by pitch argument Oh, my God. They're oh, there were some bad ones. There were oh, some yeah.
1: bad arguments.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, the you know, after the Brewers get all upset about McCutcheon getting intentionally hit, they're always like, oh, well, why don't you take it? Why don't you get away from the play? Like, trying to, like, flip the same thing back on us. It's like, you really are not understanding the whole intentional versus unintentional hit by pitch thing here. Like, there's clearly a difference between that. Like, that's why we're upset. Yeah. But nuance is lost on them.
1: Yeah, and logic.
0: Yes, and logic. (laughs) Uh, All right, speaking of nuance and logic uh, being lost on people, uh, Brewers fans may have lost it a little bit, you know, with some of the uh, early losses. I mean, the Brewers were shut out in two of their first four games, um, and with offense being a major concern coming into the season, that didn't exactly do much to dissuade uh, the fans who are already concerned that the birds didn't do enough on offense. So we're gonna we're going to borrow a little bit here from uh, NFL live on ESPN and play a little overreaction or not an overreaction. Um, so first up for the overreaction not overreaction uh, game, the offense will not be better than last year. I've seen a lot of people make this uh, argument on Twitter. Matt, is that an overreaction or not an overreaction?
1: That is an overreaction. Um, Like we mentioned earlier, um, the Brewers actually have been getting on base um, a decent amount. They just haven't been knocking them in. Now, again, yes, that was an issue last year. Um, But you will go through stretches where you're not hitting with runners in scoring position very well. So um, if the Brewers can at least show that they're putting guys on base... Um, those things will come. And I, and remember, I actually, I, I want to say it was the new Brewers Unfiltered podcast. I think McKelvey was mentioning on it that um, a, a lot of the focus with the shortened spring it, it has surrounded pitchers because pitchers need to be built up. They're you know brought along. You throw a certain amount of pitches each outing. Um, but a lot of hitters look to get a certain amount of at bats. Um, in spring training and Cactus League games as well. And I, I thought the number that he put was around 60-ish at-bats, and he pointed to a player like uh, Lorenzo Cain, only got like 30, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, sure, like, these guys are professional athletes, but, you know, professional athletes take a while to get warmed up as well. And so um, it, it could be that, you know, some of the guys just aren't quite firing on all cylinders, but will be shortly. Um, yes, that it, it was the same thing with every team. I, I will admit that, and I've heard that argument plenty. Um, but you know, you just don't know how each specific group of players is going to react. And so, um, give it some time overreaction.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I say it's an overreaction as well. Um, and, and I, and I want to add this, it's called mid season form for a reason. <laughs> wow. We are, we are not even a, a week, you know, like we are a week into the season, um, that is not midseason. Like like we are we are in the very beginning. We are in the early stages of the regular season. Guys not being in midseason form for the first week is frankly should be maybe a little bit more expected. Um, but you can't be like oh these guys are not going to be good at all because they're not in midseason form in early April. Um, if they're not in midseason form by June or July, then we have some major concerns. Yeah. But, um, you know, they should be in mid-season form by then, but by April 13th here on the first road trip of the season,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no, they don't have to be in mid-season form, uh, just yet. So, uh, it, it's an overreaction. The offense, I believe will be better. Uh, Yelich, you know, again, it's a small sample size. He's looking uh, a little bit better. Uh, Kesson Hero is looking a little bit better. Um, Andrew McCutcheon has been a fantastic addition so far. Um, You know, overall, this offense should be better than last season, you know, especially with even just mildly better performances from Yelich and Hura. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So next up on overreaction or not an overreaction. Speaking of Andrew McCutcheon, he can hit righties effectively. And McCutcheon uh, should be an everyday player.
1: Overreaction or not an overreaction not an overreaction at all. Um, he should absolutely be an everyday player. Um, he, he hit lefties particularly well last year, but even he mentioned, um, you know, trying to think back on last year, why was it specifically that he, you know, for that one season only hit lefties well, uh, when in previous seasons he was able to hit both. And so, you know, for a guy who's, um, who's a veteran, who knows how to hit, if you looked at last night's game, um, he had just an absolutely beautiful piece of hitting for I think their uh, fourth run of the game where he had two strikes, two outs, runner on second, and he goes perfectly the other way with the ball to end up uh, driving in a run. like that's something that a veteran like that uh, is going to be able to do great and, and better than you know some other players who haven't been around the game quite as long. and so it, it's not surprising or it shouldn't be surprising that he's able to do good things against righties and lefties. he should one hundred percent until proven otherwise be playing every single day, especially based off the start,
0: yeah, it, it's been a phenomenal start for uh, McCutcheon comes into today here, hitting three hundred on the season. Um, he's three for six against lefties, um which is you know, good. Uh, and then, I mean, he's three for fourteen uh, against righties. I mean, that's you know, a two fourteen batting average. so, You know, it doesn't seem great, but also two of those three hits were doubles. Uh, He's got Mm -hmm. two of his three RBIs facing righties. Um, So, you know, just with the sheer number of right-handers you're going to face with right-hand starters, right-hand relievers, um, and how other teams know uh, he's particularly effective against lefties, he's not going to face too many. Um, But he's making the most of those opportunities. You know, he's coming up big with some of those hits. You know, those doubles have really come up huge. Um, so, yeah, he absolutely should be an everyday guy uh, in the lineup at DH. You know, there's, you know, potential he could platoon with, you know, maybe Hira uh, or Teles or, you know, maybe get Christian Yelich, you know, in there to get some days off. And, you know, maybe he will, you know, if Yelich takes a day at DH, you know, McCutcheon could go out into left field. Um, but, yeah, McCutcheon, with how hot he's hitting right now, uh, you got to ride that hot hand. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Put him in there every single day, and uh, yeah. he's been productive. He's a veteran hitter. He knows what he's doing, uh, and he has been he's been good. And I, I remember a lot of people that were complaining about McCutcheon. It's like, oh, he's you know way past his prime. He's not going to be productive. He can't do this. Can't do that. You know, it's was waste of you know whatever. Just McCutcheon. No one's saying that now. Nope. No. No. Nope, no. Definitely so not. Silenced the critics. And he jumped into the middle of the Brewers-Cubs rivalry right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, didn't have much of a choice, though. No, no. He's like, what are you hitting me for? I just got here. No, <laughs> that's not what he said. But All right, final overreaction or not an overreaction. The Brewers' starting rotation is in for a massive regression this season. We made it the first time through the rotation, and it was not pretty. Burns you know, didn't have a great first start. Woodruff had an ugly first start. Uh, Peralta uh, was okay, um, but you know, not Freddie Peralta esque. Adrian Hauser had a rough uh, first start. Uh, Eric Lauer was, you know, he, he gave up a grand slam there, but other than that was, was solid. Um, but a lot of walks. Um, I, I think it was the highest walk rate in all of baseball, which is completely unexpected for this Brewers rotation. Um, but the first time through the, through the rotation, was not good um so with you know all this talent of oh, the best rotation in baseball could they be in line for massive regression this season man is that an overreaction or not an overreaction that is massive
1: regression that is a massive overreaction all right. um yeah I, again it's one week um but and may, you know what, maybe it's a little easier for us to say right now, because currently we're watching um, the Brewers game where Corbin Burns has gone six innings, uh, didn't give up a run, only three hits in a walk and eight strikeouts. So, uh, But it's eight, the nine, Orioles, Matt. It is the <laughs> Orioles, but he's doing what he should be doing. And it yeah. was the Cubs in his first one, and he, it should have gone better than that. Um, but we're already starting to see a pitcher who's supposed to look good looking good. Um, for all of these other pitchers, they're not going to look the way that they look during the first outing. Is there a possibility of some regression? Of course, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't think there's a possibility that's, you know, an Adrian house or, uh, you know, possibly even a Freddie Peralta, um, last year, I, I, expect him to be very, very good this year, but it was his first, year of that many innings and in a full starters role you know he's someone who could take a step back I think Burns and Woodruff are still going to be great and I think there's going to be enough um, out of those other three where generally no I would definitely not say massive regression Um, it's it's safe to say that like you know the Brewers work with their pitching staff really well Um, they generally are pretty good at building players up the way that they do, but in this shortened spring, maybe just maybe the way the brewers went about it just wasn't the perfect way to go about it. Maybe it resulted in some of those bad innings. I don't know. Um, but all they have to do is kind of get warmed up and, you know, we'll see where they go from there. But I just, I I am not going to use one turn through the rotation as, oh my God, All these guys are cooked. They're all going to be, you know, average pitchers at best this year. Yeah, I think that's just the way
0: a lot of people kind of default just because for so many years we've expected uh, just Mm -hmm. kind of major regression from our pitchers because we really haven't been able to have much sustained success uh, in that rotation. Uh, I saw one person on Twitter uh, call Corbin Burns' outing where he went five innings and gave up three runs. He called it a piss-poor outing. <laughs> sure did. And I I just had a laugh because not too long ago, five innings and three runs was like the most godly outing we could yeah. ever imagine from our starting pitchers. Like... It is insane how how some people have gotten completely spoiled by this rotation, and how good they are, where if you give up just a couple of runs um, like like you could have he could have gone one more inning. He could have gone six innings and three runs, which technically counts as a quality start. And mm-hmm. people would just be like, this was an awful outing. Like our expectations have been raised so high for this group um yeah it's definitely an overreaction a uh, massive overreaction that there's going to be a big regression uh, from this group this year will there be some maybe i mean corbin burns pitched out of his mind last year could he get better yes is there a chance he maybe gets slightly worse sure you know but like do you count going from a 2.4 era to a 2.8 era big regression i mean that's I mean, that's technically getting worse, but it's, it's still really damn good. So, yeah, it, it's it's definitely uh, an overreaction uh, for me. You know, it was a very short spring training. I think these guys all could have used at least one more turn through mm-hmm. uh, in spring training to get themselves ready to go, um, especially Woodruff. Because um, Woodruff did not look that great in spring, and then his first start also didn't look great. Um, but I mean, Woodruff has always said he's kind of a slow starter, takes him a while to Mm -hmm. kind of ramp up, get into form. Um, so I'm not, I'm not worried there. Um, I'm hoping because I'm going to opening day, uh, here that Woodruff will be, is now finally locked in and ready to go, um, against the Cardinals here for opening day and can have a good start because, well, I just love to see it, Matt.
1: Yeah, no, that would be nice. Um, and actually, yeah, looking back at last year with Woodruff, that's a really good point. Um, last year in that first game against the twins, he only went four innings and gave up three earned runs. Um, and then things got much better. (laughs) He didn't have an outing where he gave up more than two until halfway through June. Um, so yeah, he just needs one to dust it off. And by the way, his second outing, uh, last year was seven innings, one whole hit. And eight strikeouts. So maybe that's what you get tomorrow. Maybe that's what we get to see for the home Knock opener. on wood. Yeah.
0: Fingers crossed. And I'm hoping so. Facing the Cardinals. Facing off against Adam Wainwright. Uh, and Yadier Molina. And Albert Pujols. And, dude, the nightmares of 11 <laughs> years ago what are year trickling back.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah. And then Pujols actually hit a home run the other day. Yeah. Wait, um, wait, right. I, I don't get that guy, man. Like I thought he was done as of two or three yeah, I years thought he was ago. Cooked. Wow. And he just, he had an amazing year last year had a very good start in his first start this year. I uh, props to him for a defying father time, I guess. Cause he's I, I 40, didn't expect or is he 41 yeah. now? Uh, like I think he's I 40, remember. but he's, yeah, he he's, he's officially crossed as what we used to call over the hill. Yeah, he's Back hit the big 4 0. I know that much. I shouldn't judge because I'll be hitting that next year. But <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. that rabbit hole. Beside right. the point, yeah. Um but yeah, the Cardinals
0: have three of the ten oldest players in baseball in Pujols, Wainwright and Molina. Uh Molina, this is gonna be his last year, finally. Pujols, is gonna be this is gonna be his last year, finally. Um Wainwright's. We don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if those three all just retired together, had their retirement ceremony. Eh, bye-bye. You know, we're all retiring, all three of us together. Because um, that'd be such a Cardinals thing to do. Yeah, it would. It would. Yeah,
1: but whatever. So one more year. We can deal with it for one more year. Yeah, At least and hopefully year we where... can be
0: the ones to bounce them out and, and um, have them play their, their final games together. And they can walk off in sadness while the Brewers celebrate with champagne and beer.
1: I like it. I'm just going to
0: avenge the 2011 Mm -hmm. Brewers.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Could you imagine uh, if somehow ended up Brewers Cardinals in the NLCS or something like that? Oh,
0: God. My liver would have the worst week (laughs) of its life. My liver yeah. would have a worse time than when I was in college. Like <laughs> that's uh,
1: Anxiety through the roof.
0: Yes. And beer stacked. Yeah. Now t-
1: happen. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. As long as we win. It, well, yeah, if, of course. We, if we lose, then my liver oh. would continue to have a very bad time.
1: Yeah. That'd be a rough off season. Yeah. So let's not even think of it. we got to get there first.
0: Right, of course. We've got a long way to go. Uh, We are only a week into the season. We're dealing with uh, big overreactions as to where we're going to go. So, moving on here uh, to an update on Luis Urias. Uh, He's missed the start of the season here with a quad injury. And Matt, the news is not super great on Urias right now.
1: I know. Uh, it sounds like uh, Adam McKelvey for uh, MLB.com, Brewers Beat Writer, as we all know from the podcast, um, gave a little update on Arias. Uh, got one from council, I should say, Um said that his injury has been progressing s- more slowly than expected. Um, they were hoping that he would only miss pre- – pre- at first they were hoping he'd only miss that first road trip, which would have put him in rehab games um, e- easily by now. Um, then they thought, well, maybe he would just have to miss the homestand right after that. Now they're expecting a little bit longer. So, um, it, the good news is they're hoping fingers crossed that by the end of this week, he starts to be able to take some live swings down there in Arizona and then eventually gets to start some rehab games. I guess that'd be pr- probably early to mid next week. Um, but it's going to be a little bit and, um, Brewers could use him, uh, as we've kind of been mentioning you know they've struggled a little bit on offense here especially with uh, runners in scoring position uh that's something Urias did pretty well last year I think it was 273 I want to say I looked up with runners in scoring position so um just generally they could use that bat back in the lineup um but it's going to be a little bit longer unfortunately till we get them
0: yeah this is not boding well for my uh, bold prediction that Urias is going to hit 30 <laughs> homers uh this nah. season um, but, you know, as we've kind of mentioned, you know, with the offense, perhaps not performing as hoped for uh, a lot of people, that um, Urias isn't there. You know, if the Brewers had Urias, then, you know, maybe things would be different with this offense. And Hunter Renfro Woo! with an absolute cannon here. Uh, running can. burns out there for the seventh inning. Runner gets too far off. Renfro comes in on line drive just a hose back to Tellez at first. To get the out, the double play to end the seventh inning, Corbin Burns threw seven scoreless.
1: It, oh my you, God! Did you see in the replay right there? Odor wasn't exactly like caught. He wasn't far in off no man's land. He was watching it.
0: He was halfway like normal. Yeah.
1: yeah. He did. I just don't, I don't think he, he got <laughs> severely totally underestimated Renfro because yeah, Renfro threw that like as a like a quarterback on a rollout or something like that.
0: Like yeah, he, just kind of threw it on feet the run at all
1: wow oh i love that guy that's it that's why it put taking him out of the outfield and putting him at first every once in a while is just wasting in assets i mean i, I get it like it's going to happen here and there but oh, i feel like, i feel like the to. renfro
0: at first base thing is a lot like the ryan braun at first base thing oh yeah it's something that they may try out in theory maybe in spring training but when it comes to the season they're never going to actually do it
1: Now he got. There was one game this year he ended up playing the last couple innings there. I I almost think it was the third Cubs game. I can't remember for sure. But he got a little bit of time um, as they were starting to do some double switches because they had switched out. um, I think they started with Hira. They swapped in Telez and then they pinch hit for Telez. And I was like, okay, well, uh, me, I guess they could move Renfro, but technically Jace is still in the game. So. They could just bump him over, and no, nope, uh, in comes uh, uh, Renfro to first base. Like, okay, we're 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 starting this experiment real early, huh? Uh, yep. Yeah, but just minimize that, guys, because man, that is just you. You want that gun out there? That was beautiful. Yeah.
0: Hill Garcia was not making that throw. Abascal no, Garcia would not get that out no. there. His, um, so that's
1: not that's not to say like his arm wasn't horrible. Like he, he could. No, Renfro's he, he arm was a,
0: just that like good.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah, so I had to tweet out a picture of uh, Hunter Renfro's face on a cannon um, <laughs> because, yes. yeah, I did that last well year with Jackie Bradley Jr. because he had a good arm as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, JBJ was a black hole offensively. Yeah. Um, that was that was bad. So we made the trade, we traded him, got Renfro, still got a great defender, great throwing mm-hmm. arm. And hopefully a more productive bat that can hit 30 home runs. That, yeah, you know, that, that'd be nice. Yeah, um,
1: pick it up a little bit, but uh, yeah. he's got time too. Yeah.
0: So yeah, we're recording this as we're watching the game. Um, so that just uh, it happens sometimes throughout the season, but that's just kind of yeah. how it how it has to go here. Um, speaking of injury updates, as we just gave you one on Luis Arias, John Means, the Orioles starter, left this game, uh, here on on Wednesday night. With left forearm tightness.
1: Oh.
0: And that is not a good sign.
1: Mm-mm. No, that's and no. uh, that's John Means. If it, uh, it, it, some may not remember, he threw one of the no hitters last year. Yeah. Um, it, the, one of the surprising no hitters last year. um yeah. So you know, decent pitcher for the Orioles. Um. And but left forearm tightness any forearm tightness. Um, you, you, that can mean a number of things, uh, all the way up to, uh, you know, something that leads to Tommy John. So yeah. let's absolutely hope for his sake, um, that that's not the case. Uh, he's a fun guy to watch and, you know, you, you never want to see an injury. So let's just hope that tightness is just tightness and cramping or something like that. Uh, cross our fingers that it's, uh, not that bad of news.
0: Yeah, he is a a big piece for the Orioles, and they're really going to kind of be depending on him going forward. Um, So, yeah, really, really tough to see. Um, So there is a a big trade. Not really, Uh, but there was a trade uh, that came down this week as well. The Brewers have traded Jamie Westbrook to the Detroit Tigers in exchange for everyone's favorite prospect, Cash considerations. Um, Westbrook was a part of, uh, he was a utility guy down in AAA Nashville. Did really well last year. Hit 281 uh, with an OPS over 800. uh, Good amount of home runs. You know, some stolen bases could play all over the place infield, outfield. Um, You know, seemed like the type of guy that the Brewers, uh, you know, really like and really would utilize a lot. Um, But uh, he split that time between double A Biloxi and AAA Nashville. And it was just kind of a crowded picture for him in Milwaukee. uh, There were a lot of other infielders there in AAA, a lot of other outfielders. Um, And his path to a 40-man roster spot in Milwaukee was uh, pretty narrow. Um, And Detroit, um, they've had a couple of injuries to their outfielders. Riley Green, um, Robbie Grossman, I think, just suffered an injury. Um, so they're looking for perhaps some depth to help out. So that's where Westbrook uh, came in. um and they just kind of went for him, and the Brewers get eh, a little bit of cash back. I'm not sure how much, but it's probably not a lot.
1: yeah, I know I can't imagine for um a minor leaguer. i yeah, i was I was a big fan of his. I was hoping we'd see him at some point. to be honest, the emergence or effectiveness, I guess, of Jace Peterson last year may have been what ended up blocking him um, from ultimately playing here. I know you're talking about a lefty versus a righty, um, but just the the profile of being, you know, kind of a utility guy who can play everywhere. (laughs) Westbrook can play second, third, every outfield position, I believe. um, Mm -hmm. Type of guy that the Brewers love, as we all know. Um, But, you know, I I think he would have potentially made the roster been a call up last year if Peterson hadn't kind of, become, uh, such as important Jace to, on to the Brewers, Jason base, uh, a he, cult hero. Yeah. And and he ended up doing what he needed to do. So that kind of pushed aside some of those other guys from the minors who could have potentially gotten a chance. And then now this year, when you've got Jace and a player like Mike Brasso, um, they're really just, like you said, no spot for him. So, you know, I, I hope that I think on a player, or a team like the tigers like you said he should get some opportunities uh he wasn't added to the 40-man roster in the trade but i can't imagine uh that he won't get a chance to eventually and i hope he gets to make his major league debut and uh kind of show some things but like some of the other minor leaguers who've um made their way to other teams cooper hummel as we saw mm-hmm. he got to make his major league debut this year and hit a homer that game yeah. as well so you know, props to him, um, some other guys that we've seen. Reese Olson, he actually joins him over there. Uh he ended up heading over in the uh uh Daniel, Daniel Morris. Morris trade Daniel. uh from last year. Uh I said I swore we'd never speak of it again. And here look what I did.
0: <laughs> and here we are. Um
1: but uh he had a solid good first outing for their uh, one of their minor league teams. He could, you know, end up working his way up. Uh yeah. So It's always good to see, you know, minor leaguers, especially former Brewers ones, kind of get a chance elsewhere if they weren't going to get one here. Um, Just always good to see.
0: Yeah. And Westbrook was a he was a good guy. He was pretty fun, too. I remember when I was down in a spring training uh, last year, Westbrook got into the game at second base. And, um, you know, he was you know, there's like a play like over nearby. He was like engaging with the fans. He was just kind of having fun. Uh, Really good dude um so you know happy for him you know wish him all the best with detroit uh, and hope he can find an opportunity there um yeah there should be one but um yeah milwaukee was just kind of crowded pablo reyes um Mm. you know he was also one of these guys that kind of blocked him and his success i think really kind of blocked westbrook too i mean you know reyes got the call up to be the utility guy when a couple other guys were down um reyes did a pretty solid job um, so you know, really with him performing like that, he stuck around. That really kind of made it unnecessary to call upon uh Westbrook. So um excited to see him get that opportunity. And I mean, so far with Nashville, he was hitting five hundred. He was five for ten <laughs> mm-hmm. in the first three games. So um if he keeps hitting like that, I mean I know he's not I know he's not gonna hit three hundred over the whole season or five hundred over the whole season. Uh but if I mean if he keeps hitting well, he's gonna find his way to the big league somehow. Um, so, uh, really excited for, for him and, uh, the opportunity that he has in front of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just, um, he should get a chance over there. And so let's, let's see when he does. I'll be tuned in. Uh, I'll pop on some MLB TV and see how he does. The former Olympian, by the way, we didn't even mention that. Oh part. yeah. He ended up leaving the team for a little bit to go, uh, play in the Olympics for Team USA.
0: Yeah yeah it is or uh, olympic uh got a silver
1: medal say. sorry or was it the Olymp- no i'm sorry yeah no it
0: was the olympics yeah yeah
1: you're right I, yeah they, they the, the olympic schedule got all messed up with covid and stuff now i forget yeah. when it even t- t- took place
0: yeah i think the world baseball classic is this next
1: uh, yeah season.
0: i'm excited that.
1: me too i know uh, uh i was actually just listening to sparky um Friend of the podcast Um, on 1250 a.m. The fan here in Milwaukee was talking about it the other day. He's a big fan of World Baseball Classic. Oh, yeah. he will be watching it.
0: Yeah. Sparky's a big baseball guy. He really is.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, very much. So and uh, speaking of uh, minor league prospects, I think we got to talk about this as well, because this happened this week. The Nashville Sounds put uh, shortstop prospect Bryce Terang in center field. They gave him a a start out there, uh, expanding his uh, position uh, versatility and and mix. I know the Brewers love versatility, but center field? I mean, the Brewers already have a ridiculous amount of outfielders, um, especially center field prospects. I mean, you got Garrett Mitchell coming up. You got Sal Freelich. You got Corey Ray down there. You got Tyrone Taylor. You got Lorenzo Kane. You got a whole bunch of center fielders. Why is Bryce Terang? playing in center. Well, like, what are we doing here?
1: I would actually like, after I heard that news, I would now just about put money down that Bryce Terang will make his major league debut this year. I a hundred percent think that they are testing him out there because they also said um, that he's going to end up playing the outfield about once a week. Like that's the plan for him. And it is not because they need outfielders. At Nashville, They have plenty of capable outfielders on that team. So it is not for like to fill a need on the sounds. Um, but if he is going to end up here with the Brewers at some point this year, they're going to want to potentially utilize him in a bunch of different scenarios. And he's a very good runner. So you could see him in put some potential pinch running situations. And by adding outfield to his resume, that's just more people that you could potentially throw him in the game uh, to kind of either pinch hit for or pinch run for. Just gives you all kinds of different options like him, and it makes him, you know, one of those, again, like Mike Brasso, uh, Jace Peterson type guys. Um, It Also, you know, like let's say, you know, Jace Peterson doesn't end up being on base Jace this year. Let's say he or Brasso. I, Could yeah, that ever happen? But Jace yourself. gets on base
0: all the time. He's he, not
1: terrible. No, definitely not. <laughs>
0: There's no uh, one that
1: that's been saying he's not that great <laughs> the entire time. No, you, you definitely didn't try to warn every single Brewers fan ever. Um, but, like, <laughs> let's say one of those two guys got, goes down and, like, yes, Pablo Reyes is an option. But what if Terang is to the point where, you know, he's looking good offensively and, you know what, it's just time to give him a shot adding outfield um, to the possibilities just makes him even more valuable and more flexible and gives the brewers options. We know the brewers love options. So yeah, I I think it's that I think it's honestly to prepare him for a potential major league call up.
0: Yeah. And I think um, I, I really think it says a lot about the brewer's feelings on Corey Ray Um, And it's not a lot of good things about their feelings on him, because if they're putting Terang out there in center field, which is Ray's position and the position that that he's supposed to he was supposed to be at the big league level, um, that that doesn't exactly speak to much confidence in their ability in him. Like like what if, say, one of the Brewers outfielders goes down like Kane, you know, has to go on the I.L. Um, They need to call up an outfielder. Would they call up Terang over Corey Ray? to fill that outfield spot in center field. If they do, Ray is just done. Like, like the Brewers mm-hmm. are, are just done with Ray. He needs a new organization. He needs, he needs a change of scenery. Because if you're going with a shortstop over an outfielder for an outfield spot, they're they're done with
1: you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I I would think that it would be in that situation that it would be Ray that they would call up. But, uh, yeah, I, I all bets are off a little bit at this point if they really are trying him out that much. Um, yeah. I, Ray is, at, at very least I'll give him credit. He's at a decent little start from uh, what I've seen to this year with the sounds. Um, so, but I don't know. I just, I don't see a lot of faith there. I did have him as I think honestly, my number one um, in 40 men prospects with the chance of being DFA would at some point. Um, I had him at the top because, you know, as we pointed out multiple times on this podcast, um, he just has not quite shown what he's need to show for the most part. That's been health. Like he just cannot Mm -hmm. stay healthy. And so unless he proves it this year, yeah, it, it may end up being a scenario where Terang does get the call up. And if that happens, you're, you're absolutely right. There's, there's no reason to stick with him there. It might be time to, you know, trade him or DFA him and see if you can get uh, someone to try and snag him on waivers and then work a trade that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really a a very important season for Corey Ray and he needs to prove that um, he's capable of being a, a big league dude, but yeah, if, if the Brewers end up going with Terang over Ray, it's over for the Corey Ray experiment. You got Garrett Mitchell at double A, you got Sal Frelick in high. A you got a bunch of outfielders coming up um, and it's, it's going to be their turn because they're performing um, and you can only stick with, with Ray for, for so long. So um, it's going to be very interesting to, to watch that. And I'm excited to see what happens there with, uh, with Terang and uh, if they give Ray a shot. Um, so that'll do it for this week's episode of the Cold Brew Podcast. Now, next week, we, again, we are going to be down in Nashville. Uh, so we're going to try to work on kind of uh, jerry-rigging a podcast from down there, um, which I'm really excited for. Perhaps we can get some players. Perhaps not. We'll see. We'll try to work that out. Um, but it's going to be a fun time. Uh, at the very least, we're going to be down there. Uh, maybe we can do a podcast from there. Maybe not. We'll see. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Matt and I are going to have a great time. And uh, I'm really excited for it. And I, I, I can't wait for all you guys to, to get the reports from Nashville. And uh, we and we can tell you, you guys what we've been seeing.
1: Yeah. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to tomorrow. Happy home opening day. Happy 4-4 yes. day to everyone yes. tomorrow. A lot to celebrate.
0: 4 4:14, the the home opener, April 14th, st- game starting at 4:14 p.m. It's gonna be great against the Cardinals. Hopefully getting a win. Knock on wood. Um, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be good. And this we got a whole long season ahead of us. So try not to overreact too much. Um, and just kind of stay tuned here to the Cold Brew Podcast and stay tuned to reviewingbrew.com for all your latest brewers news updates and analysis we'll see you next time from nashville another episode of the cold brew podcast